comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers issue. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Exposure to a high-energy cosmic storm could advance our knowledge about planetary life. To our future. I don't trust him. We got what we wanted. Just worried about what he wants. for the rest of your life, do you? Is that a trick question? Come on, am I the only guy who thinks this is cool? What if we got these powers for a reason? I've always wanted power. Victor, you always thought you were a god. Let's not fight. No, let's. Don't even think about it. Never do. Why, thank you. So are you. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Kevin. Hello. T today we are talking- I'm a rock monster now. <laughs> today we are talking- I went up into space, and some lights came at me, and now I'm a rock monster. Today, in case you can't tell by uh, Kevin's so accurate description, we are talking about the wonderful uh, 2005 cinema- Trash fire, the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Boondoggle. <laughs> no, it's a trash fire. This movie is a trash fire. It gets so hot it goes supernova and wipes out all life on the planet. Even their even like the big epic moments are ripped off of other movies that are better. Um spoilers for the end of the podcast, in which we give our reviews. Um, but we're gonna start this one off like we start off all of our podcasts. Kevin. What did you know about the Fantastic Four? Uh, you know, honestly, not much, but I will uh, give a shout out to uh, a friend of mine, a guy I used to work with, um, Brandon. Reed Richards. <laughs> His name is Brandon. Um, 
and I should know his last name off the top of my head, but I don't. Brandon Thomas, sorry, took me a second. Um, he actually wrote uh, some scripts for Marvel, uh, some comics, like not movies, but he wrote some comic book scripts and submitted those. And he wrote, that was his first big job, was he wrote a script for a Fantastic Four I, I maybe it was just the one comic maybe it was a couple um and i was like really fantastic four is that a thing and it was probably this was probably 2002 2003 maybe um and it was a big deal and i had no idea that anybody read or cared about the fantastic four but then this movie came out not that long after yes and you were correct not many people did care about the fantastic <laughs> four in 2002 2003 well, However, the Fantastic Four was actually created by Stan Lee and uh, of Stan Lee who? Kubrick? Yes, and Sorry. yes, Stan, yes, and of course Jack Kirby in 1961 was the first issue. Uh, the Fantastic Four is a family book consisting of Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, who can stretch into any shape. Sue Storm, originally the Invisible Girl, later becomes the Invisible Woman. You know, late 60s. You know, sure. Uh, first. Uh, <laughs> Prior to that, she was the invisible broad. So that was, we really came, that's progress. You've come a long way, baby. (laughs) It's progress. Shameful era. Her her brother, Johnny Storm, uh, the Human Torch, and Ben Grimm, the thing. Uh, the, The original script, of course, was... Reed Richards wants to go into outer space to examine the cosmic rays, and they're doing it in order to beat the communists. So they sure. break into a secret military installation, take the rocket ship up. Uh, Ben's their their pilot. Uh, Reed is the scientist, and he brings along his girlfriend and her brother because <laughs> reasons, reasons, because that's what you did in the '60s. You put yeah. people in danger. Um, and of course, they were fundamentally changed. Their DNA was fundamentally changed, even though we didn't even know DNA was a thing. Watson and Crick were just going like, "Hey, we found something here," um, and if, from <laughs> some the, squiggly bits, make some sort of like some sort of a I don't even know how to a helix of some kind. Um, so they, you know, they're one of Marvel's oldest. They're Marvel's first family. Uh, their lineup has changed throughout the years, uh, including members such as She-Hulk, Moon Knight, um, Medusa of the Inhumans, most recently Seuss, um, um, Storm of the X-Men and Black Panther were members of the Fantastic Four. Ooh. Spider-Man, Wolverine, Ghost Rider have all been members of the Fantastic Four. My goodness. They have a pretty classic. So line. it's really just at any point, like you get four people together. Yeah. And they run around and they're the Fantastic Four for, it, for for the day. It's kind of a soap opera book. You know, it's because the relationship between Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman, you know, Sue and Reed have always they've got married. They've had kids. It's become like this whole big thing. And so, like, when you have four people living together after a certain amount of time, they eventually just get sick and tired of each other. And eventually it's always like the thing is like, I am a disgusting rock monster. I have to go out and find myself in the world. And then they replace him with, like, the She-Hulk, you know, yeah. because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, of course, they have their fantastic villain lineup of Doctor Doom. Um, he's probably the most famous villain of them. Talks in third person and everything that he's in except this movie. Yeah. Um, blames Reed Richards for his uh, – I believe it's during college phase. He's working – Reed Richards is his lab partner. Um, there was an explosion in the lab causing him to get a scar on his face. It's not that bad. But then he goes to the Himalayas and a, puts a metal mask that's still hot on his face, further scarring him, and he blames Reed Richards for it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Which includes uh, him constantly 
reaching up into the sky in anger, going, Richards! <laughs> yeah. He doesn't I, do that at all in this, this movie. movie. Exactly. That's really disappointing. Ex- yeah, he always talks in third person, too, like, no one shall tell Doom what Doom will do. <laughs> He's the ruler of the, the fictional country of uh, Latveria. <laughs> Doom is getting upset. <laughs> Doom's getting upset. <laughs> Jason Richards. Oh, let's do Seinfeld. Recasting of this movie as Seinfeld. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Richards, what we're doing. Richards, Doom. <laughs> Hello, Doom. <laughs> Hello, Richards. Oh my God, Wayne Knight is Doctor Doom is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway. Uh, yes, uh, he's the the fictional ruler, the the ruler of the fictional country of Latveria, which I kind of always put up in like that Baltic area, kind of like where Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania is. Yeah, that's where I always kind of imagine it is, kind yeah. of like maybe in Belarus, like could around be, that area. Uh, could be uh, more <laughs> Eastern Europe. Could be could be a uh, a very like a uh, well, like Slovakia. Th- yeah, like I, I was thinking, kind of like in the Belarus area, like yeah. around like a little area yes. around there. Yeah. All right, yeah. sure. Behold, the castle royal of the far-off forbidden kingdom of Latveria. Herein dwells the most powerful, the most mysterious monarch in all the world. Guarded by a fighting force that never sleeps, that never relaxes its vigilance. For none is as feared, none has as many foes as Dr. Doom, the awesome armor-clad lord of Latveria. The Fantastic Four. The time has come for them to meet their master. Little do they dream that soon they shall be serving Dr. Doom. And after them, the world itself shall lie helpless at my feet. Now, all that remains is to meet my victims face to face. All right, so um, to recap this movie, I'm going to sing the opening of the Fantastic Four cartoon from 1990s. Um... On an outer space adventure, they were hit by cosmic rays, <laughs> and the four were changed forever in the most fantastic ways. Reed Richards is fantastic. Sue will fade from sign. Johnny is the human torch, and the thing just likes to fight. Just call for four. Do 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 do. Fantastic four. No, actually, we start off <laughs> in Doomco. Uh, <laughs> Von, Von Doom, Doom Enterprises Inter- or, or Industries. That, I, don't, I don't remember. It's one of them. <laughs> Von Doom Inter- <laughs> Enterprises. The wave of the future. Can we get our NASDAQ symbol change from D-U-M? I really don't. Well, no, because it's like as if it has like an umlaut. Yeah, but it doesn't have an umlaut. It's, it's dumb. It literally says dump. No, it's pronounced doom. Yeah. We got to change it. <laughs> um. Mr. Fantastic, a.k.a. Reed Richards, or Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, is begging Victor Von Doom for the ability to go into outer space to study a cosmic phenomenon. (laughs) Come on. No. Let me go into space. All right. Doom will allow it. (laughs) And of course, he doesn't sound like that, because Doom is played by Julian McMahon, most famous for, at this point in 2005, for being a nip-tuck, I think. Ah, yes. I think that's what it was. That was a thing. And, uh... Reed Richards, played by 
Yon Grif- Griffith, I think it's it's pre- is it it's, Ian? It I think it's Yon. Oh. Is how it's pronounced. It's Welsh, and it's spelled Gruffith, but I think it's pronounced Griffith. Oy. I don't know those Welshmen. Never play Scrabble with a Welshman. That's what I always say. <laughs> that is our unofficial motto. <laughs> um, and also in the room is Vic Mackey, also known as the Thing, also known as Michael Chiklis, also known as the, the Commish. Commish. He can't find that pen, Kevin. <laughs> the pen is in the sandwich. Ah, the pen is in the sandwich. Um, God. Yes, and of course, uh, read uh, Victor Von Doom. He agrees that he's going to fund the experiment with uh, getting 75% of the proceeds from anything discovered during it. And this is negotiated with his secretary, Sue Storm, who at one point had a thing with Reed Richards. She's played by Jessica Alba's butt. Uh, (laughs) That's all anyone cared about in 2005. I'm sorry. Uh, With Jessica Alba. Remember when she was a thing, Kevin? I do. She was a thing here. Uh, Everybody seemed to like it at the time. And then it just went poof, disappeared. Wither Jessica Alba. <laughs> Wither Jessica Alba. <laughs> that's our that's our second unofficial motto. <laughs> Wither, Wither Jessica, Jessica Alba. Um, so they're gonna blast off into space, but the only problem is, is that Vic Mackey isn't gonna be the pilot. No, it's gonna be Sue's brother, Johnny Storm, played by Captain America himself, Chris Evans. Hey, hey, we know that guy. Yes, he's a. Uh, we like his movies now. This was, I believe, his first comic book appearance uh, out of the three he's eventually been in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, three characters, different R- characters. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yes. So they blast off in outer space into a space station that miraculously has gravity for some odd reason. Sure. Because they couldn't afford to show zero gravity is what I'm assuming. They spent a lot of money on effects, but yeah, it seemed like that one was just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that, and there was they didn't even like bother to hang a lampshade on it, where anyone was like, "How is there gravity?" And it was just like, I don't know. Like they didn't even bother to do that. They were just like, "We're walking, yeah, it's on the ground like normal." It's like it reminds me of that scene in the movie Thank You for Smoking, where they're like, "Can't we just come up with like the a throwaway line like, oh, good thing they invented this so we could smoke in outer space.'" Right, we're right. Well, yeah. that and that's and that's so that's called lampshade hanging. Yeah. It's a term. For our listeners, where if you can't come up with a reason or you don't want to try to explain the science behind something, you just comment on it and say, like, well, yep, it's funny that we have this thing where we have gravity. And then that's it. And then you just that's it. Yeah. And you're sort of you're calling attention to the fact that it doesn't make any sense. But you're also telling the audience you don't care. Yeah. I'll pretty much exactly that. Um so, yeah, they're in outer space, and Reed's, I guess... He's doing some math, His estimation is off, and the the energy store, the, the cosmic rays come quicker than he imagined. Yeah. You think that it's going to come up with, like, oh, okay, like, well, maybe Doom tricked him and lied, and he knew there was going to be a cosmic... But it was just... He was just bad at science, science. that he, day. He really was terrible. He was like sciencing. he literally is to blame for all of this because he didn't carry the one. He I wasn't guess. sciencing correctly. No, no, not at all. So, yeah. So then they get hit with these cosmic rays. Some, Cue the song, yeah, <laughs> that you already sang. Yeah, they go back to Earth somehow. I don't know how it happens. They just yeah they walked. I guess <laughs> with walk, gravity, they it's just only sixty back. miles up the space. <laughs> it's true. not even See? that far. No, yeah, dune buggies, <laughs> dune buggies. 
Doom shall ride his Doom buggy. It's it's Dune buggy, sir. Dune buggy. Can't hear you. I made my Doom buggy. <laughs> Richards! <laughs> so they're back on Earth, and oh, lo and behold, we did we find out that they have magical powers, <laughs> superpowers. Because, because Kevin, magical. How did they get the powers? Magic. No, their DNA was oh, their fundamentally DNA was altered. Fundamentally altered. Blech. Which is a phrase they keep on repeating throughout this movie. Our because DNA was fundamentally altered. <laughs> it wasn't just altered; it was fundamentally altered. Right. Which, yes. who knows why. I mean, this this the, whoever wrote this movie must have just found out that DNA was a thing, like, right before he wrote the movie. Like, hey, did you hear about this thing? It's called DNA. It's fundamental in the way we're put together. <laughs> yes. Um, Sue turns invisible. Reed, mm -hmm. because he's always stretching himself in all different directions. Oh, he can stretch his body. Johnny Storm's a hothead, so guess what he gets? He gets on fire. I'm glad that the cosmic rays were so just, like, symbolic, you know? That they could just, yeah. like, there was, like, an analysis done of just, like, what's the most symbolic and representative thing that we <laughs> <Yeah>. can do? <laughs> Kevin becomes anxiety man. <laughs> just me cringing. Kevin is the human nebbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh boy yes and the thing who's a rough and tough guy he becomes made of rock <laughs> big orange rock <laughs> big orange rock and everyone's all excited because they're like oh we got our powers and then uh thing turns into uh, the you know ben Grimm turns into the thing and he's all rocky and he's like yeah. i'm the thing and oh no i was gonna get married to andrea from the walking, walking dead. dead yeah oh but now she doesn't want me anymore he throws the he throws the water fountain outside the window and he escapes exactly <laughs> then he smothers reed richards with a pillow <laughs> throws the water fountain out yes. <laughs> this is all that nur nurse ratchet's fault <laughs> Nurse Doom. <laughs> ratchet! <laughs> I think I'm saying Ratchet instead of Ratchet. That's I, just my way of connecting with the millennials. Yes. Um. So, yeah, the the thing goes uh, out to Brooklyn. He goes back to Brooklyn. Yeah, sure. Because he's a Dodgers fan. <laughs> In this universe, of course. I was going to say, they've been gone for a while. Yes, and of course, he's trying to meet up with his... his uh, fiance Andrea from The Walking Dead runs outside in a nighty because what the hell? Who does? Who wouldn't do that? He's got a trench coat on and a hat. He looks like Raphael <laughs> from the Ninja Turtles when he's trying to blend in. There's a saxophone playing in the background. <laughs> the mournful sax. Yeah, the sad romantic saxophone. <laughs> he's directly under a streetlight. Just smoke everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he goes, he goes to, uh, he, he's all sad. He's on the Brooklyn bridge. He's like, pigeons are pooping on him and mm -hmm. he sees this guy who's about to jump off and commit suicide. He's like, Hey, wait up, dude. Don't you do think you got problems. problems. I'm an orange friggin' rock monster over here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? A briefcase? Oh, you got trouble. <laughs> There's not enough. There's not enough examples of Ben Grimm saying over here <laughs> in this true. movie. That's true. <laughs> 
So by chasing him <laughs> off the bridge from committing suicide, come here, you. He he, uh, he knocks him onto the expressway on the br- on whatever bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. It's supposed to be the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. They uh, they they built a replica <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge when they were shooting in Canada, yeah. and uh, destroyed it. Yeah, they they uh, they he knocks him onto Brooklyn Bridge. The truck's about to hit him. The thing jumps down, brushes the truck, which allows the Fantastic Four to use their powers for the first time to save people. Um, they cause Jessica every... Alba is in yeah. her underpants for the first of like fifteen times. Yeah, they they're the they legitimately cause all of the major issues of this bridge. Yeah, to save a suicidal guy. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't see how many people are dead, but there's a lot of people dead. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin kept count. It was it was, it a was massacre. ugly. Yeah, it, was it was ugly. Yeah. Uh, so the the media are, are entranced by these people with powers, and they dub them the Fantastic. They immediately Four. name them the Fantastic Four. Yes, and as the white middle aged guy, Reed Richards takes control <laughs> as the leader of the group. Yeah. Well, he got the uh, the graying temples because of the cosmic rays. Yes, because so, that's the only possible explanation for a middle aged man to have graying temples. Yes, is radiation. <laughs> he should have been smoking a pipe too throughout this entire right. movie. Right, looking like a red meat comic from the Onion back circa two thousand eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like one of those stupid posters you see hanging in boys' dorm rooms. Yeah. Uh. You know, where it says, like, beer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, like, we did see a Dos Equis ad during this movie, <sighs> among the many, many ads. Of terrible, terrible products. Yeah, Mountain Dew Code Red. <sighs> so This movie is so fundamentally placed in the 2000s. There's no way. There was. We'll get into that. We'll yes. get into that. Oh, yeah. 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 This is a snapshot in time. Yeah. So Reed decides to take all of them to the Baxter building, his own personal building that he owns, to find out if there's a way of curing them of their powers. Yeah. Um, a machine, going to reverse process, gotta, gotta blah, 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 blah. Men doing science. <laughs> right. You know, turning knobs, finding cosmic rays. <laughs> um, and then this movie basically twiddles its thumb for 45 minutes at this point. Yes. Of like the will they, won't they with Reed and Sue. Um, Johnny goes and takes part in like a, a, a motocross tournament. Uh-huh. He like he's like he's like you know what playing excite bike on the NES just doesn't do it for me. I have to go <laughs> do this for real. Yeah. Um, you know th- the thing goes and and meets up with Carrie Washington who plays the blind girl from the Lionel Richie Hello video. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like they reenact Mask. <laughs> She's oh. like, let me feel your face. Rocky Dennis. Ugh. Yeah, see? Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd rather look at Michael Chiklis a thousand <laughs> times over. I don't know. They're pretty tied. <laughs> Michael Chiklis just busts into my house, no shirt on. Like, I heard you talking bad about me. Like, oh, God, Michael Chiklis put a shirt on. <laughs> I put a shirt on for Fantastic Four. I ain't put it on now. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really hot outside. Uh, he's wearing like a he's just wearing a large t-shirt Kevin he should be wearing something much bigger much much bigger uh, yeah and so meanwhile uh, Victor Von Doom is, de- is turning into metal dude yeah he's kind of just every scene he has sort of like another unrelated power yeah. that he just is he just controls like electricity. I, I do this now he's magnetic he's yeah. he's got a, a, a metal body it just it's so stupid <laughs> 
It just—it's very confusing as to what's going on with him. No idea what's going on. And he's then, killing people randomly. And he's like, he was going to propose before uh, everything happened in space. He was yeah. going to propose in space to Jessica Alba. And they weren't even dating, by the way. He no, was her. He was she just, was her right. employee. Yeah, he she was, was just his like, employee. Yeah. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to make this my thing. Yeah. And uh, and then she. I, I'm not up, so good with words. I want to bone you <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's how I propose. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I wants to bone you. Um, it's romantic. That's, that's how, that's how Ben Grimm did it to Andrea <laughs> of the walking dead. Yeah. So he was, so he's all mad at Richards for taking Sue away from him, turning mm-hmm. him into a metal dude. Using the powers, I guess, and he's supposed to. He's trying to. He's losing his business because things oh, yeah. aren't going well to with the boardroom with the giant chairs, <laughs> right? Just comically large chairs. They look like children <laughs> sitting in these big, oversized chairs. They're like, we're canceling the IEPO, and it's like, can can they even do that, Kevin? I... I th- I don't know. I don't even know if they canceled the IP. I think it was just like we're taking our backing out of the IPO. I'm like, yeah, what does that even mean? No, it doesn't make it doesn't matter. Someone was watching Jim Cramer for 15 minutes and said like, this is how the how the stock market works. <laughs> IPO, that's a thing. Like, yeah, let's, let's put that in the movie. Exactly. Uh, so he blames Reed for all of this stuff. He he turns into a metal dude and he's like, first of all, I'm gonna take out Ben Grimm by making him human again. Yeah, which is what he wants. Right. So and I'm gonna take him out of play because I'm gonna kill Reed and I, yeah. I don't want this guy running around punching me with his rock face. Oh, with the rock, always with the rock fists. <laughs> um, yeah. So he t- he turns him human again, which is exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to kill Reed and he he like freezes Reed because yeah. he's rubbery. Well, because right then he can't he can't, he stretch. can't stretch, so he's, he's like cold. he's frozen. It's yeah. like, I don't know, you could just shoot him in the face. I don't <laughs> I never understand why it's like no one's you know, like the only time they ever try to shoot anyone is when they're impervious to bullets. But like yeah. other people are not impervious to bullets. Just shoot him in the face. It's... He might be impervious to bullets because yeah, it, he's, he's rubbery, rubbery and yeah. he can make it go out of him, but like he's got vital organs. And you know what? If you just poured liquid nitrogen on him, he would freeze. Then you could smash him with a hammer. Yeah. I mean, like he's not the T one thousand. He's no. not liquefying back together and no. turning. Well, into we a don't thing. know that for sure. That's but... true. We don't know that. But re- they Reed make Rick- it a point to to say he's got rubber properties. Yeah. And Reed rubber Richards, doesn't do that. Yeah. Reed Richards and a cow are the only two things you could hunt with a hammer. So there you go. <laughs> if you freeze him with liquid nitrogen, there you go. Um. Yeah, so eventually Sue is able to free him using her invisible powers Mm -hmm. um, because they have to come up with some sort of contrivances for her powers to be useful in this movie. (laughs) Well, she sneaks in and on because he can't see her, but then he sees her because she becomes uninvisible. (laughs) There really needs to be a word for that. (laughs) She she de-invisibilizes herself. Uninvisible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's like when she's not invisible. Um, leading to a big fight scene with with Doom eh, in the middle of the street. Right. Let's say it's a fight scene. I don't know that I'm comfortable calling this a big fight scene. 
where where Johnny uses it's about his, a medium sized yeah. fight scene. Johnny goes supernova because they mentioned it earlier in the film, so you don't yes. have to come back. Yeah. Um, writing one hundred and one. Cross the streams. Wait, I thought you said that was a bad idea. <laughs> well, when the plot demands it, it will become a good idea. Exactly. Plot writing one hundred and one. So he goes supernova, and Stu's, uh, Sue's able to control <laughs> Chekhov supernova. <laughs> Sue's able to control using her force fields, and Ben just kind of sits there after. Oh, Ben turns himself back into the rock monster for being useful all of thirty seconds. I throw a car. I throw. A, I throw some an old lady's car. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> and, and yeah, and Reed's sitting there watching it, like touching himself because it's like really creepy how that he turns it. into like a parka yeah. briefly for for Doom. He just kind of wraps himself, gets yeah. on him, and he's like, "I'm your shirt." <laughs> and after superheating him, Ben shoots him with water, which causes him to fuse in one position. Yeah, I guess because because metal. I I don't know. It's fine. I don't I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Then they go on a booze cruise. <laughs> it's the it's the ending of the movie I absolutely love where it's just like we don't have one, so it's like party. Yeah. I I absolutely that kills me every time I see it. Yeah, it's every yeah. It's the ending of Labyrinth all over again where it's just like <laughs> oh the muppets. <laughs> dan, 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 dan. <laughs> It was a rock monster. Um, okay, so production notes on the Fantastic Four movie. So, of course, as we have discussed before, this is not the first Fantastic Four movie. The first one, actually, uh, in 1986, uh, Constantine Films acquired the rights of the Fantastic Four from Marvel Comics. Um, burn- burned? Or Bernard? I think it's Burned. Uh, Eichinger hired Roger Corman to produce a low-budget film in order to keep the rights. And in 1994, the adaptation The Fantastic Four had its trailer released to the theaters, and its cast and director went on a promotional tour, but the movie was never released. Mm-hmm. Um, this supposedly was never intended to be released. No. I mean, it was literally just we need to it, we need to start production. In order to keep the rights, right? It, 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 the, it, right. We have to like. We don't even have to make a movie. We just have to start making a movie. Yeah, that's basically what it but was. The cast had no idea. <laughs> they thought they were going to be in a movie. Yes, uh, as uh, as portrayed accurately in uh, the Netflix season of Arrest Development. <laughs> uh, yes. 
So uh, the movie was never released, and the the only way we were able to see it for a long time was bootleg copies that were available during comic conventions. Mm-hmm. That was like the big deal was to find to watch the Fantastic. This is pre YouTube guys, so people who are listening, like, you millennials, yeah. who are listening to this. It, at one time, you had to, and movies were talked about and never seen, and you had to go to like comic book conventions and find a bootleg dealer yeah. who would sell you. These. You had to like know a guy. Yeah, like this in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Like there was right. no way of watching these movies. Right. Back in the day, um, so eventually and a lot of snuff films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so eventually, 20th Century Fox got the rights. Um, they so they were able to. They got all of these rights. They got the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Namor, a bunch of different other different, uh, and the X Men were is like a big part of a package deal that they bought from Marvel Comics. They originally had Chris Columbus to mm-hmm. write and direct the Fantastic Four in 1995. Um, just, he uh, developed a screenplay with Michael France, who was from um, oh I can't remember off the top of my head, hmm. but. They had it all ready to go, and in February 1999, the d- development taking longer than expected, they pulled it, so it was it kept on getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Eventually, they were able to drop out, um, and Tim Story, who, as you were mentioning earlier, what what did he, he did like the ride along movies, but like yeah, he's done a, he's worked with like, he's worked with Kevin Hart a lot. Yeah. He's done like a lot of um, black comedies, comedies. Yeah. not black comedies, but black. People, African Americans, <laughs> like yeah. yes, barber. He did the original barber shop. The original barber shop. That was the he one. Did yeah. a lo- right. So he's kind of that. This is the only sort of um, movies with w- main. I, well, I won't say big Hollywood. I, I guess you could say big Hollywood movies because I guess those really are are kind of niche, even though they're super popular. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they eventually were able to go through with Tim uh, Tim Story to put forth the movie. Um. You put forward. Uh, told me the, the small bit that Jessica Alba, her underwear scene wasn't written into this movie until she signed on to do the movie. Right. And then they were like, now we have to come up with reasons. For which, t- which, considering it's she turns invisible, I mean, it's not hard to write a scene where it's like you have to take off your clothes. Oh, wait, haha, you're visible again. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Um, this, the cast was relatively unknown, mostly TV actors. Michael Chiklis had done the commission at this point, and that was mm-hmm. about it. Um. Uh, Jon Griffith, he was a he was a British actor, mostly known for I don't know if he had done King Arthur yet, but he was known for uh, the the movie where he was the uh, the sailor guy. I can't Horatio Horn, Hornblower series ah, that was done on the BBC. Okay, sure. Chris, yeah, probably a lot of of BBC yeah. um, type Chris, shows. Chris Evans was a virtual unknown. He had just done, I think, not another teen movie at this point. He had done. Uh, well, King Arthur was the year before, but okay. who knows if it had come out by the time he signed on for this? There could have been some overlap there. Yeah. Um, and as I said, Chris Evans was known for not another teen movie. I think that was like his first big role. Yeah. At that point, and I think, but I think that came out around like, oh two, oh three. Maybe even a little earlier than that. Um, and as we all know, Chris Evans later had a bigger role in the Marvel Universe, taking on the role of Captain America. Yeah. Movie was a huge hit in its initial release. Um, made $330 million from the theaters around the world, and about 154, $154 million of that coming from the U.S. Rotten Tomatoes holds the, the Fantastic Four at 27%. Oof. Yeah. That's a forty on meta, uh, forty uh, yeah. meta score, not Metacritic, but it's meta. Uh, yeah. Oh, that is the same. Sorry, that is the same score. Uh, yeah, it's Metacritic's forty. That's probably a little more accurate because yeah. I feel like a lot of people, 
have this like there's a lot of like it's okay like there's th- there are things to like about this movie there are things that work yeah this... they're very small minor things that's the problem <laughs> the the things that work about this movie are like very small sort of clever little character moments i like the sort of the 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 tense relationship between uh Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm. I like the little, you know, the little character moments, little small uh touches, things here and there. Uh the things that don't work are big things like the script. The, <laughs> the plot. You, you motivation. Know, that's the that's where the movie starts to fall apart. So you're like, you've got this movie that doesn't work at all, but you're we we said really early on as we were watching the movie, like the cast is pretty good for the most part. I mean, acknowledging that there are a lot of relatively unknowns at the time. Alba was huge, but yeah, but I mean, even then she was she had she was known for being sexy. I mean, that was pretty much like yeah. she was in movies to be kind of eye candy. And at two that seasons point. of James Cameron's Dark Angel on Fox, right? All TV actors, and so it was like what. You didn't really know what to expect, and everyone works pretty well here. They seem like they're doing an okay job. I, I read a, an anecdote on IMDb, and I can't speak to its veracity, but um, uh, Griffiths uh, was Griffith was having a hard time keeping his act in his American accent because they kept giving him new script pages daily. Yeah, and he was just like he had to focus so much on learning lines that it was really hard for him to stay in character and to stay doing the voice that he was supposed to do, and that's hell on actors, you know. And yeah. and we you see so many moments where Sue Storm is standing there just like, you know, moving her moving hands. her hands. Like you still have that problem. Elizabeth Olsen said that about shooting Avengers, where she's just like, I'm doing a lot of waving my arms around and it's like they're going to add effects later it's hard to act in these well, situations and, yeah we mentioned that during the apocalypse podcast that that's all the final scene was was just a bunch of people moving their hands yeah like seriously that's all yeah, it was that's all it that's all you I can mean, there, do there was a little more in this movie but yeah there were a decent number of i, I like <laughs> that this was a mixed bag of there seemed to be some practical effects used um especially in the bridge scene there were a lot of like cars being exploded there were a lot of real explosions real practical effects um and then there was a lot of cg yeah i mean out of necessity the cg in this movie is incredibly bad even for 2005 it's it's pretty dated at the middle of the decade of that decade i i would i would argue the middle of most decades the effects tend to get pretty muddy sketchy yeah yeah very um cartoony like they don't look like they they just look very obvious they don't look like they're happening in the same sort of space yeah the yeah and like the one i think one of the bigger complaints about this movie was the the thing makeup you know michael chiklis they opted to actually use michael chiklis in a big See, foam and costume. I, I mean, I guess there was something sort of charming about that. I, like, I, I really liked it. Like, <sighs> I mean, it looked goofy at times. Like, there was a scene that should not have been in the movie where they were testing his reflexes. Oh, with the hammer? And the only reason to show that was to so that he could do the thing where he kicks the, 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 the table. stool oh, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. table or whatever. All that did was really 
put the camera close up on how unrealistic that makeup looked. And it was yeah. like, don't zoom in on that. Yeah. And it's like, that was the, I, I agree. That was like the one thing where I was kind of like, I kind of like, I kind of like it because it actually allowed Chickless to kind of act. You could see it in the yeah, eyes, right. which is something that you miss out a lot on when you have a CG character. Compare that to someone like Vision in the Avengers where I mean, it doesn't even matter who that is. I mean, it's Paul Bettany and he's doing the voice, but it's like he's not really he's there, but they're they're doing a lot to him. It's like it doesn't really matter that he's even physically in that space. Yeah. But this was like he's in the scene. They're on the the set. It's like you he's have walking around you have five foot six Michael Chiklis in like, <laughs> like right. all 300 pounds of them wrapped in the uh, foam rubber. Yeah. You know, and he's like, hey, I'm here. The little gag where he's puts the <laughs> elevator over over the weight capacity. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's sweet. Like, I get what you're saying about how this was like they're put forth as like a family. And yeah. this is good because they've got a lot of bickering there's a lot of they feel like they've known each other a long time yeah and it, it that's what works in the movie and as you as I, you know we were talking like a lot of that character stuff works in this movie yeah the way that uh johnny and and, and ben like the, they play off each other like mm -hmm. they just don't like each other but they're stuck together they have to they have to be in the same room together so they're of course they're going to get on each other's nerves yeah um the sue reed thing didn't quite work I they think, had zero chemistry. But I, I blame the director, at least, for a lot of that. Because the, he, he, how many times were they in the same fucking shot? How many times were they in the same shot together in this movie? Not often. And I, I, I had to look it up because I felt like they might be using body doubles. Because whenever you would see, there's a scene where you see, they're, they're arguing about um, he wants to find the cure and he's, you know, and she doesn't really want him to or whatever. And, you know, they're arguing a little bit about that. And is it like, the one at the restaurant table scene? It's no, it's after that. Okay. Cause that was a, an obvious scene too. But like, there's another one later where they're in his lab and he's, <laughs> they're cutting back and forth and like Ben shows up. So Michael Chiklis is in the background and they show Jessica Alba's face and re, you know, re, he's in the scene, and then he just like he walks toward Michael Chiklis, but he never looks at the camera. And I'm just like, is that even the actor? Like, did they not like each other, and they couldn't be in the same scene? I don't know. I didn't read anything about it, and I was kind of yeah. looking for it. Well, I, I did a quick thing while we were watching the movies, just because I, you know, I didn't even sure. realize that was such a thing until I watched this movie. But how are you expected to have chemistry between these two characters <laughs> who are never in the shot? You were never in the same shot yeah. together. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. There's no connection. It's just it was a bunch of really really quick cuts. Sometimes it was, I, I don't know. If something was going on there. If you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it. Right. Yeah. It could have been something as simple as like we couldn't just get Jessica Alba on these days that we were shooting these scenes or. You know, I mean, yeah, it's so weird because like they could be there and it could just be the director and it could just be how it was shot and put together. Or, yeah, they could be yeah. weird body doubles. I don't know. I mean, it looked like them. <laughs> it did. But I don't know. Like, it, so it was very awkward. And can we get to the I guess what will be the the doom in the room? The Julian <laughs> McMahon, its portrayal. Of Dr. Victor Von Doom. Now, I have nothing to compare this to, so I'll have to defer to you, but my understanding is that the portrayal of Doom is not great. People do not care for this, and I'm not exactly sure why. I guess Stan Lee even was like, 
this is really this is wrong, completely yeah. wrong. Um, the I this is one of the few times where I think comics get it absolutely a hundred percent right, and the the movies just consistently fail with it. Doom is a very one dimensional character. I mean, he has some he has darkness to him. He has depth if you look for it. But what makes him great is how grandiose he is. He hmm. is the guy. He wears a cape for no other reason than he's wearing a cape. Like, he's like, I am Doom. Of course I would wear a cape. Sure. You know, that's like the type of personality you need with Dr. Doom. And you can't have Julian McMahon, this guy who's like a CEO of this corporation. Yeah. As And he's like, I'm in love with Zeus Storm and I need to, like, it, yeah, that's that's too much. It, it doesn't work. It's It's too... Pathetic. Yeah, like Doom, Doom <laughs> would never be that pathetic. Yeah, Doom would be like, forget you puny women. I need a Latvian, Latvian girl. You know, you know, like I, I will buy new concubines. <laughs> exactly. Doom will buy. I won't even have to buy them. They will just be my subjects. For I am Doom. <laughs> they will pleasure. They will come to me at their pleasure. For they are members of my court. <laughs> Something stupid like that. And he's not. The the weird thing is is like why what does it matter if he's like why does he have to turn metal in this movie like why is that like a thing like Doom doesn't he doesn't turn to metal he just wears a suit of armor because he's Doom oh. he wants to wear a suit of armor oh yeah. that's interesting see yeah. I just assumed he was because this is my real only real reference because. Yeah. I never actually this is the only Fantastic Four movie I've seen. I never saw the sequel and I did not see last year's uh disaster <laughs> because it was so bad. Garbage fire. By from what everyone said. And then I haven't seen the Corman one, although you have. Uh, the Corman one is fantastic. Yeah. Quite literally a fantastic, fantastic four. <laughs> the fantastic, fantastic. Watch that instead. I kinda do too at this point. <laughs> we we were arguing back and forth. We might watch it soon. But yeah, the uh, Doom in this one, like, okay, so as I always say, I don't feel like it has to follow the comic book exactly. You can take cuts, you can do whatever you want with it. It's just that you have to get, he didn't once in this movie ever go, Richard! (laughs) That's key. And it's so key to the, like, Dr. Dr. Victor Von Doom is so megalomaniacal that... it's a, he's a cartoon. He's silly in how yeah. evil he is. This is just like a guy who's sad that like his company's not doing so great. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. Like Julian McMahon is a great actor, but well, maybe not great. Julian McMahon's a good actor. <laughs> fine actor. Fine actor. But he just he, his whole turn of the, being evil just felt weird. It seems like the script just never got there at all at the, the all. script is the main problem of this movie I, I i think a lot of it boils down to that script and i don't know what was with the rewrites i don't know how many there's a lot of credited writers on this movie and i, I just and I'm not probably uncredited writers it just seems like they had no idea what they were doing well and it also it's like for a comic book movie this this movie only had like two action scenes yeah and i noticed i would say like one and a half action scenes i noticed that because i was like we're watching it and i'm trying to think like well what do they what do they ever do like in this movie like 
They save the couple the, people on the bridge. They save like three guys on the after bridge. After killing 20. And then they don't do anything for a long time, and then they fight Doom. Now, I appreciate that this is kind of pre- where everything has to, like, we have to blow up a city. Yeah. And threaten to blow up a country and or the world um, for anything to feel at stake. And, and after a certain point, it's just like the stakes aren't even, you can't even wrap your head around that. Like, you're going to blow up the galaxy. Okay, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I mean, and, but it's... <sighs> so I appreciate that it, it was like they fought Doom on, like, a city block. Yeah, they fought him at like a busy intersection. We is basically him, what, what we, happened. We fought him on the corner of 130th and Avenue N. <laughs> basically, that's what happened. They fought him on one city block. Like there were people three blocks over who were like, "Did you hear that?" And it's like, "What?" <laughs> I said, "Did you hear that?" It sounds like the fighting a metal man out on a, 130th and Avenue N. Ah, you're crazy. That's just the construction. After Howard Stern had that law passed in the 1990s, they can only do the construction after 9 o'clock. <laughs> what? Yeah, I read about it on the in the, in the journal. <laughs> when did you start reading the journal? I can read the journal. <laughs> Says Quiet, right. they're doing the final puzzle. <laughs> R-S-T-L-N-E. <laughs> Those are the most popular letters. I know, you say it in every puzzle. Well, they are. <laughs> That's the scene that was missing in this movie. <laughs> the guy in, in, the, in the tank top undershirt. It yes. is his boxer shorts watching well, exactly. Real Fortune. The, yeah. George Costanza's parents arguing <laughs> while the Fantastic Four, Four fight two yeah. blocks over. Oh, uh, that would have made this movie so much better. Sure, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what this movie was missing too. Like, like the comedy of this movie was fine. Yeah, it was funny. Like, I agree that this movie was very. Like, I think the tone of this movie was. Like I think it got it mostly right. Yeah, tone, but it tone was feels, was good in this movie. It feels like a false start to like the kind of tone that Marvel would reach with Iron Man three years later. Absolutely, like, you're not quite like it's like it's better than the the a little too serious X Men movies. Um, it's on par with because the first Spider Man was what oh ninety nine. Really? No, wait. What am I saying? It was two thousand one. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was going to say a one hundred two. Um, it's similar to that, where it where it feels very comic booky. And I, I'll, I'll say sort of one more thing that I that I did like was, and I remember thinking of this kind of at the time that the movie came out. I liked the way that this movie. Um, approach the idea of celebrity. Iron Man does this too, where it's kind of like they talk about what people would do, what would the media be like, what would the coverage be like if these characters existed, where you don't have... Um, we're going to try to keep it secret. Because, like, Spider-Man did that a bit because they're like, they want pictures of Spider-Man. That's always the joke. Give me pictures of Spider-Man. Always the joke. I want pictures of Spider-Man. Give me poems um, about Spider-Man. <laughs> I want a haiku about Spider-Man. But it's always about like, well, we can't tell anyone because we have to protect. Well, they're out in the, the open. The people yeah. they want to protect are each other. There really isn't anyone else, and so they're 
able to be out in the open, which I like, and I kind of wish there was more of that. Yeah, if only Marvel Entertainment and uh, movies was <laughs> able to get the Fantastic Four. Uh, then we'd see another damn origin story, and then I don't want. I don't think you have to do it. Um, you'd have to do that. I think you could have it so that they just kind. You could drop into that story with the Fantastic Four. I hope so. I hope so. Um, yeah, I think that's something to talk about too. Is like, so Fox basically is held onto the rights for the Fantastic Four for a while now. They're not giving those up because um, they do so well with them. Yeah, this this movie and its sequel, I believe, which was 2007's Rise of the Silver Surfer. Hmm. Um, Rise of the Silver Surfer did not do well, did not lead to a third movie. Yeah. Um, in order to keep the rights to the movie, they put out a movie that was supposedly supposed to take place in the same universe as the X-Men movies. Uh, the Brian Singer, you know, X-Men uh, First Class, ah. Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those uh, the Days of Future Past, they were all supposed to take place in the same universe. However, Josh Trank supposedly screwed the pooch so bad with those movies that uh, it put it into limbo again. And with the 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 Sony leaks, so supposedly, yeah, this this was on discussion as well. I mean, it's 20th Century Fox, which is different, but I know there was like a whole discussion going on about it going back to the Marvel Universe. Did not happen. Mm -hmm. uh, the the Josh Trank Fantastic Four sequel got quietly shelved, mm. and uh, they're not talking about it anymore. So <laughs> maybe soon we might see the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe where they can actually do it correct. But I think this movie was a step in the right direction, even though the plot was a garbage fire plot. It's just it's 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 difficult because. There are so there are things to like about the movie and none of them have anything to do with like it being a movie. Like everything yeah. that makes it a movie, like the structure and the plot and the, the script and the direction and the everything editing, the soundtrack is terrible. It's awful. <laughs> it's not it's a bad movie. Yes. Even though there are Things to like and enjoy and appreciate about what it's trying to do. To do. Um, I think even you got really mad at it when they tried to do the vertigo shot. And you were like, no, no. You, no oh, my God. You've not earned that. You've yeah. not earned that. You yeah. can't just do that in your giant oversized office chair. Your <laughs> comically large chair. It was a, it was a, it was a bad. That was just bad. Like it's it's all time bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good movie, and yet, as I understand it, it's the best Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four movie. movie. <laughs> it is by a long shot. <laughs> That's the absolute Oops. sad thing. Yeah. Oops.
All right, so for our recasting for this movie, since we took a week off last week to do something a little silly, um, I wanted to do something legit for this one. And so I wanted this to be a kind of 90s comedy... Uh, like 90s? I, uh, 90, 80s, uh, sorry, right? 80s comedy. Okay. Otherwise, I have to redo mine. Yeah. No, an 80s comedy, early 80s comedy, I said kind of in the vein of like Meatballs or Stripes or... Um, animal house or or anything like that kind of like that weird like a group of like zany characters exactly doing goofy stuff you know Mm -hmm. like that sort of thing um i have a i this was kind of i cut this one kind of open and it's kind of sad that we only have five characters to pick for a movie because like there's a lot that you could pull from for this so i mean we might revisit this one a little bit later because there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with it so let's start this one off with our main character, our, our Reed Richards. Who do you want as your Reed Richards? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Great <laughs> pick. He was on my list. I think he'd also be a really good Doom, and that's kind of knowing a little bit more about Chevy Chase as a person. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> but I love the. I I think this is the era of him as like front and center, the dad guy. Um, I, I, he may already have had graying temples by this point. Who yeah. knows? Well, losing his hair at this point. <laughs> With all that, too. His skin was stretching down slowly from his face <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Um, you know, that's a great pick, Chevy Chase. And that will go with my pick for my Reed Richards, which is Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So we could actually, if you had Aykroyd as, as Reed Richards and Chevy Chase's Doom, it could be like, Doctor, 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 Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good Spies Like Us reference nice. for you right there. But I no, like no, my, that, he, Chevy Chase is not my Victor Von Doom. But yeah, Dan Aykroyd, Ghostbusters, he could... Uh, rattle off the scientific information. Make it. That's always been Dana Aykroyd's like strongest ability is the ability to rattle off information and make it sound completely legit. Yeah, it's like his one thing he could do as an actor that is fantastic. He can't. I've never seen him do anything else that's really impressed me other than that. <laughs> well, Chevy Chase can do really good physical comedy. He'll yes. fall down a lot. Um, I think he'd have fun playing with the concept of stretching. Absolutely. I don't know what the effects would look like, but, I mean, they'd be garbage. But it would be funny that they'd be garbage. Yes, absolutely. Um, who would be your Sue Storm? I didn't go funny, necessarily, with this one. There's so many that you could choose from, but I went a little straight with her, which maybe I shouldn't. Uh, but from Stripes, I went with Sean Young. Sean Young, nice. Yeah. Um, the, who's the other one from from Stripes? The one who was in Rock and Roll High School. Um, PJ Souls. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, Sean Young. Yeah, I could see that. That would work. Definitely a good pick. This was a tough one for me. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot to choose from. I mean, like, I was thinking Karen Allen. Sure. That's a great one. Animal House. Oh, yeah. Uh, PJ Souls would be another one that would be great. Mm-hmm. But actually, I went with an old standby who hasn't shown up in any of my lists before. I went with, uh, from 1980s Blues Brothers and 1977 Star Wars, Carrie Fisher as my Sue Storm. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh. That's yes. a that's a very, uh, that's a good fanboy pick. I know. People um, get excited about the prospect of, of Carrie, Fisher as Sue, Carrie Fisher as Sue Storm. Yeah. Um, who did you go for your Johnny Storm? My Johnny Storm. I mean, I've got Chevy Chase, so we need someone who is cocky, someone who's funny, funny. someone who's going to, you know, get out there and mix it up. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah, <laughs> mine was Bill Murray, too. 
I, if you're gonna have this character, I mean, he's not the. He wouldn't be the same type of character, but that irreverent, you know, no uh, total disregard for any kind of authority. Definitely like loving the the limelight that he finds himself yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, he's not gonna be doing any motocross. It's like, hey, but I could turn to fire. <laughs> well, can you turn to fire? I don't think so. You know, you know how hard it is to keep ice in a drink when you're on fire. <laughs> I, I can't do a Bill Murray. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're on track. It's, it's, you gotta get the, ca- the, it's the cadence that you got to exactly. get more than anything. He's a Chicago boy. Um, and so uh, finally, you have your Ben Grimm. Who is your Ben Grimm slash the thing? Uh, my Ben Grimm. I went back to stripes again. I think this is mostly stripes. It's John Candy. Candy. Nice. <laughs> it's Ox. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that, he's a he would be a fantastic pick for the yeah. 1980s. <laughs> just this big, it's like I, I, well, I couldn't even do John Candy. No, but just, I don't, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure I've ever even tried. But yeah, just yeah. imagine him just realizing that he's just Rah! as he looks in the <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. mirror and he's orange. You yeah. know, I I went with, covered in rock. I went with the other funny fat guy of the 1980s. I went with John Duh. Belushi. Oh, Belushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like, he's like, I'm made of rock, and I'm inhaling rocks through my nose. This is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, hey, hey, is this cannibalism? (laughs) If I smoke this, is this cannibalism? It would just be literally shot for shot of John Belushi running through walls. That's all this movie would be. (laughs) Just... He'd just be bursting through walls made of like orange rock, like <laughs> you know, falling like, off of them. Yes, just, like costume. Like we always talk about that nineteen the nineteen seventies uh, Saturday Night Live bit where he's dressed up like the Hulk at the at the yes. at, what is, yeah. it, is it the wedding or it's, is, it's yeah? I, I think, think it's, it's the wedding of Mister Fantastic. I want to think. Oh, maybe it might be. I, oh, I'd have we'll to have look. to. Yeah. yeah, we'll watch that. Yeah. But yeah, Bluto Blotarski as as the thing I think would work. And now finally, who would you put as your Victor Von Doom? Uh, you know, I also went to Animal House for my Doom. Um, I went with someone who actually has done a really good job playing villains whose DNA is fundamentally altered um, to make him, to give him powers that, of course, make him go a little bit crazy, as in the movie Hollow Man. Went with Kevin Bacon. Nice. I mean, he'd be a really young. He's he would Victor be Rondu. young. He would yeah. be young. But if it's anything like you're describing, it doesn't matter. He's no. going to be in a metal costume. He's going to go crazy, yeah. and that's going to be the end of it. Um, and I don't think that he's really even a bad guy necessarily in Animal House. Um, I don't think he's. I, I, I don't remember his role I, off said, the top like, of my head. Part, yeah, small part. I remember him. He has a scene with Karen Allen. I think. Yeah, him and somebody else. But uh, that was definitely one of his first early movies. I just loved him as a villain. Yeah, uh, I went with someone with a little more gravitas in okay. the early eighties. Um, one of the villains in nineteen forty one. I went with Sir Christopher Lee as my Victor Von Doom. Oh. Great pick. I I never even considered 1941. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's your Belushi too. I mean that's yeah, that's where I kind of pulled. You know, I was kind of thinking like Spielberg at the time. Okay. You know, like that that whole era. 1941, not a great movie. I've never seen it, but I'm I'm I've heard it's not good. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not great. Like yeah. it doesn't. What it doesn't have is it doesn't have that Spielberg twinkle. Yeah, and I think that's what it's missing. Okay. 
it, it kind of feels like a movie of the guy who I picked as my director for this movie. But who did you pick as your director? Well, and, and I already gave this to you. I, I, I was uh, alternating between two. And I think you have two really, really good ones from the movies that I'm pulling from. You've either got your Ivan Reitman or your Harold Ramis. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go Reitman just because I've already done... I've already pulled so much from those movies, but... Yeah, you might as well. Ramis did Stripes, I think. Reitman did, uh, uh, you know, Ghostbusters, but Ramis did Stripes. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. No. They're Take all your pick. They're all Take Canadian. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually went with a guy who's probably a little more experienced with kind of the body horror of the Fantastic Four. Um, John Landis. American Werewolf oh, in London. Oh, good. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. yeah. I figure, like, he could do stuff that's a little creepier. He's got a good comedy chops. American sure. Werewolf. Sure. I love that movie. It's it's a mess of a movie. That movie doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's, it's one of those movies that tonally... It seems to exist in two completely different places at once. Like yeah. that is that is the, the the that's like the quantum physics of, of <laughs> horror movies because it's both a comedy and just a really genuinely frightening horror movie. Yeah, I wouldn't go maybe genuinely frightening, but it does have its good moments. It has its moments. That's the thing. It has Nazi, its really Nazi scary werewolves and exactly. yeah. All right. And his vitals are completely normal. If we're going to identify the source of the mutation, we need to isolate your recombinant DNA so we can activate positional genomes. Huh? We have to do a physical in order to see what got zapped. Oh, why didn't you just say so? His internal organs are completely solid. How bad is it? You know, I used to smoke. It's not invisibility per se. You should be able to bend light around other objects, even people, if you could control your emotional state better. Excuse me? I'm saying if you had a little more self-control, you could locate the trigger. Can you remember your exact emotions on the bridge? <laughs> Anger, rage, frustration. Okay, is there any way to duplicate that feeling, some memory or... I'm sure I can come up with something. You feel anything? Nope. Okay. It's hotter than I anticipated. Okay, Johnny, back it down. I can go harder! Johnny, just back it down. Thousand Kelvin. Any hotter and you're approaching supernova. Sweet! No, not sweet. That's the temperature of the sun. Not only could you kill yourself, but you could set fire to Earth's atmosphere and destroy all human life as we know it. Got it. Supernova. Bad. How's that coming?
So we're uh, taking a, a little bit of a break from our pick three right now. Uh, we're actually going to be doing some a little bit of just comic book news updates. On yeah, let's that just one. talk about, because we haven't done this in a while, let's just kind of talk about what's been going on, talk about why we didn't do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because that's another garbage fire of a movie, and I'd rather watch a garbage fire movie for free than pay money to go see it. God help our listeners when we finally get this dumb little podcast we do to the point where we can get uh press screenings uh where we don't have to pay money because i wanted to do that movie and i refused to pay actual u.s dollars Ugh. for that film I, I i wouldn't do it would not go- i'll sit through it but i won't pay for it yeah i mean yeah no i would not it, it is not done well it doesn't really matter yeah it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I really don't care that much. About but what it. else we got going on in the world of comic book movies? Well, we got a couple things. We have a, a <laughs> shot of uh, of uh, J.K. Simmons really buff. Yes. Christopher Gordon does not need to be that strong looking. Commissioner Smash. Yeah, and you can actually find a lot of these stories on our, our Facebook page, uh, Comic Book Logic. Um, spaces in between. <laughs> No, I don't believe there are spaces in between. I don't know. Who knows? But actually, um, one of the big news is that uh, Suicide Squad is actually going to be PG-13, which was kind of disappointing, I guess. Well, what's funny is like PG-13, the ratings don't seem to matter when it comes. And this is... So you're saying it's it's like whose line is it anyway? No. <laughs> no. What's... This is a criticism of the MPAA. Anyway, the, the 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 ratings body in the United States that rates Hollywood movies on a, a completely arbitrary scale that has to do with how many times you're allowed to say the F word and how much blood you're allowed to show. Um, zero to do with violence. So it's more about the, the R rating would have been all it would have been was swear words and blood. Yeah, it wouldn't have been. Anything that I think fundamentally impacted anything else with the story because PG-13 movies are still super violent. I mean, nobody's going to get their head ripped off and, you know, somebody's not going to drink the blood coming out of the, you know, the skull. But, like, it's it's going to be plenty violent. I, I honestly don't see the big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it's... I think there's just something... Big that- Willie wouldn't say the F word anyway. No, he wouldn't. He'd be like, he's the opposite of, of Eddie Murphy talking on the phone to Bill Cosby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As a reference to, which one was that one? Was oh, that was uh, Delirious? Probably Delirious. Probably. I think that's Delirious. I don't think it was Raw. I don't think it was Raw. Okay. Uh, such a great bit. Go watch Eddie Murphy Raw. It works even better now that you know what it actually turns out Bill Cosby's capable of. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's a PG-13. I don't know. I... I kind of feel like the language and the frank discussion and use of, you know, sexual imagery in Deadpool worked. There's no question it would add another sort of dimension to it. Like it would be it it would ground it in a way, but they would have made it into uh, obnoxious. I agree. It would have been egregious and it would have been. Every Pointless. every superhero movie nowadays that will have the R rating will make it egregious. Um, other things. So Thor Ragnarok casted out three main characters like, oh with some God. huge names. I'm so I, I'm actually genuinely excited about the third Thor movie, courtesy of this cast and Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Carl Urban and Kate Blanchett. 
Well, I'm not so excited about Carl Urban, but that's okay. Come on, it's Carl Urban. I don't... Come on, he's the best part of the Star Trek movies. He's terrible. No, he's not. He's terrible. No. I stand by this. He's terrible. He's, he's, I shouldn't say that. He's fine, but his movies are almost always terrible. Uh... Do, uh, you like the Star we'll, Trek, the 09 Star Trek? Way I more do than like I you. Do. Yeah, I don't like I don't like into in Star Trek Into Darkness, but, uh, but I do like Dread, which you haven't seen yet. That's true. I've only ever seen the Stallone Dread. Yeah, we'll, we will watch the Dread, we and you to, will yeah. you will be like, okay, this movie's pretty good. It. All right, okay, um, fair enough. So Goldblum, everyone's favorite, um, crazy Jew. He's another Jeff one Goldblum. who who. Uh, it doesn't really ma- it doesn't really matter about the voice it's it's the ca- it's, it's, uh, it's it's all about the cadence yeah, there you go uh, uh, uh thor <laughs> <laughs> thor uh finds a way <laughs> thor finds a way you know he's already uh, you know hulk's going to be in this in this thor movie yeah um, got to find out what he's been up to since he's not in any of the uh Hulk learning coding and night school. Um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's playing the Grandmaster, which is pretty much going to be the guy who arranges these fights. It's supposedly a car Y movie. What? Sorry, never mind. That was me being artsy. Okay, um, so this movie's supposed to be like a like a a version of the Planet Hulk storyline, where Hulk basically ends. Up, it's Gladiator with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I read about this. Yeah, but I don't. So know Thor is going to be in this whole thing, and he's going to be fighting like in his gladiatorial arena. One of the characters, Carl Urban, is going to be playing. Well, Carl Urban will be playing one of the characters, Scourge, who is like this weapons master type guy. In one of my favorite comics of all time, which is one of the reasons why I read Thor to begin with, uh, Scourge has this fantastic final moment during Ragnarok where he's like fighting off this hordes of bad guys. Um, uh, so, spoiler a little bit yeah, of like he's, something to look forward to. Maybe it'll be in the movie, maybe not, but it, he stood at Galabrau, and that's what the that's what the line is in the comic. And if you can, if you look that up, you would be able, you'll be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> it, it really, it truly is. Um, and of course, Kate Blanchett will be playing the ruler of the underworld, Hella. Nice. Yeah. Ella. 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 Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. She's going to be like early 2000s California with everyone saying Hella. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's like I guess they got Gwen Stefani. <laughs> uh, actually, she'd probably be pretty good. As I, that. She, I, I, don't I mean, not as good she, as Kate Blanchett. Uh, no, but. I was gonna say I don't know that she's <laughs> she can act or act even close to as well. Um, and uh, another another little Marvel movie tidbit is uh, it's there's all about Spider Man right now. It's like up in the air. Like there's rumors uh. flying everywhere. Like no one knows what the hell's going on with this movie. Robert Downey Jr. Spider-Man is, to be in it. is so hot right now. Yeah, Spider Man Homecoming. Um, I know they're. What the, are you gonna wear? So, <laughs> so Michael Keaton was in, then he was out. Uh, now he's back in. Now he's in. Yeah. Um, they always talk. He's gonna play the Vulture. It would be terrible if Michael Keaton plays the Vulture. Let me just put that out there. Really? It, you think so? It's an awful character. Oh well, that okay. Well, I don't know. He's an old man who dresses up like a bird. Yeah. Basically. It, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can make that Terrible work. character. Um, I think they just want that because of Birdman. Yeah, that would be fantastic, though. If he was, like, the character from Birdman. <laughs> and his underpants. Sh- shoots himself on Saying stage. balls way too many times for <laughs> is that is appropriate for a script written by an adult. <laughs> Who wrote that? Inuritu? Did he write that one? I assume so, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure he... Um, and also, you have... 
Which is kind of funny because what's her face was the daughter in Birdman, Emma, uh, Stone. Emma Stone, but mm-hmm. she was also in the Amazing Spider-Man. As oh, you know, there you go. And See, there's your connection there's right some there. Some overlap. Um, and also, you you know, you have Vincent D'Onofrio saying that he wants to be in that movie, and uh, like I know that Charlie Cox, the guy who plays Daredevil in the Netflix series Daredevil, actually has a clause in his contract that he can appear in the Marvel movies. Like if if uh, he want if he's approached with it and he says yes. Huh. There can be crossover with that, which unlike the ABC deal for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where there's not a lot to be crossover with mm-hmm. the movies, there are there is a lot to be crossover with the Netflix series. Okay, So there might be able to get D'Onofrio into the Spider-Man series, which would be awesome because I love Vincent D'Onofrio's <laughs> He's Kingpin. He's so good. He's uh, so good. I would really, really like to do Daredevil on this show. I think the it would show? be- The show? Yeah, no, Daredevil on this show. The, the the series you want to yeah. do on this show. Yes, okay. I would love to do something with that. We'd, sure. We'd have to figure it out how to do it, but yeah. it's D'Onofrio's, Dare, it, D'Onofrio's Kingpin is the greatest Marvel villain, even in front of Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Yeah, I don't know. He's up there. He's up there. And that, well, and, that's, and there's not that many, in my opinion. There's oh. not that many great ones. There's a lot of... Um, hard to remember who the villain even was i mean if you want to go like netflix's marvel series are so far ahead of the movie series in terms of its villains i mean you have d'onofrio as kingpin uh purple man from uh jessica jones tenant was good Tenet was fantastic was really good i didn't love that show i i, I thought it was fine but like i think it I think it was a little much. I don't there was know that two it, episodes too many. I don't know that it, I don't know that it quite worked. It was it was there's something about the the just the the show and the writing that that just I don't think quite worked. But yes, you he just was like a strong she, female lead. Kevin. No, no, no. He was great and she was great. Believe me, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm fine with with the with the yeah. strong female lead. And even I even really like Barenthal as the Punisher in in season two of Daredevil. Yeah, I, I, underutilized. Oddly. Oh yeah, I, I think that it kind of it was only about him when it was convenient to be about him. Unfortunately, I I I I think well, and they're talking spinoff, yeah, too, which is like I don't know if spinoff is the way to go. You can't protect your Matt. <laughs> I don't know if spinoff is right, but you, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, it, you gotta rub your head more. Yeah, it's like it's you know, John, sadly he didn't rub his head. Essentially, enough. what it is is John Barenthal moves to Minneapolis and becomes a news reporter, <laughs> and. uh just like Mary Tyler Moore. It's exactly how it works. Nice. All right, so what are your final thoughts on 
the 2005 Garbage Fire Fantastic Four. I I remember liking this movie more when it came out. I don't know. I mean, 2005 was kind of a simpler time. I mean, we had four years of George. Well, it came out the same year as Batman Begins, but I'm not sure which came out first. This was July. Which I saw first. I would assume that Batman Begins came out earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's interesting. Like, I I remembered liking it more, and I feel like something just I I just don't think this movie aged well. No, I think is the problem. And we never did. We didn't even talk about that in the recap. Is that the the amount of references for 2005 are just well. The first thing Chris Evans says in the entire movie is a like the Mastercard commercials oh, that yeah. were airing here. The like. Something costs this much, something costs this much, and then priceless. something else. Priceless. And it's like, oh my God, remember when we were all making MasterCard jokes? It's terrible. Like Mountain I, Dew, Dr. Phil, Sobe. You know, it's like <laughs> Sobe. Like Lizard Water. <laughs> motocross X games, like snowboarding. It's 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 a time capsule in the worst possible way. Giant it's, pants, Lincoln Park soundtrack. It's awful. Yeah. This movie is so uh, this movie is like the type of guy who hangs out behind bowling alleys and hits on underage girls. That's what this movie is at this point. All right, all right, all, all right. right. <laughs> um I I just I I wanted to like this movie more because I remember like I said I remembered liking it and I and it and I think it, everyone's fine in it, but it doesn't it just it just doesn't work. It just doesn't. I think that's like, you could just, uh, that's the tagline of this movie. It just doesn't. Just doesn't. It just doesn't. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a C minus. And that's because I think there's a lot to like about what, knowing how many problems I think there were going on behind the scenes, I think the cast does a good job keeping the movie going and really having fun with those characters. And that says a lot. Um, and that's, that's worth a lot to getting through a movie like this. I also don't think it's overly long. I don't know what the length was, but I felt like it was kind of like, it was like movie length. It was a it was solid like, 35 minutes. This, was... is, <laughs> this is before every movie had to be, you know, Two hours and fifteen minutes at least. Ugh. Um, I agree with you on most of those points. Um, I mean, I give it a D plus though. Okay. I, I it, last week when we talked about apocalypse, I remember I I said like what keeps it from a C to a D is being offensive. This movie is kind of offensive in a lot of ways. Like it, <laughs> it offends a lot of my senses of like this. This is not what a movie is. It's an hour forty six. I just looked it up, and that's great. Yeah, it's a, I miss the days when movies could just be an hour forty six yeah. and call it a day. The all of the only thing that saves this movie is the acting, um, uh, which is funny because the acting's not that, that good, great. But I agree with you. But they, they at least make the characters <laughs> likable. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, is you just don't hate the characters. I mean, the only thing that felt kind of bad was like I kind of felt the sad sack Ben Grimm thing went on a little too long. Yeah. So about the time he started enjoying being, like, there was a couple months where he was enjoying being the thing that's like, oh, I like this now. But then yeah. he would go back to being like, I'm, I'm, like, uh, I'm orange. I'm orange and Rocky. 
But Doctor Doom, offensively bad in this yeah. movie, especially to if any comic book fans out there. Um, the, the, the directing, the editing, the soundtrack, the pl product placement in this movie was also offensively bad. Yeah, that it, it gives it up to a D plus. The only thing that keeps it up from a D minus and a D is, as I say, it's the characters are relatively likable, and the movie does move. It doesn't like linger too long. Yeah, um, I like that it's a relatively, and, and maybe maybe that's part of it. Is I'm I'm really thinking about this movie in the context of a lot of the movies that we've seen since we've started, like in in since since 2005. Like it feels very small. Like it's about these five characters and like them kind of coming to terms with this thing. It's an origin story, but it's like that's all it is, and that for once is okay. It's yeah. not just like a, an origin story we've seen a billion times and we're sick of it. It's this is the first time we've ever really seen these characters. This is how they get their powers. This is them dealing with it and they deal with it in an interesting way. It's not, you know, it's funny for every time that uh, Sue Storm says uh, we can't use our powers in public. It's like, yeah, but you made costumes with logos <laughs> like you want to use them in public. This makes no sense. Like go and embrace it. And that's why I'm, you're kind of on board with like Evans is the best part of the movie, even though he's kind you, of obnoxious. You could see how, like how his career would take off. Like he's a oh, very, yeah. he's so likable. I remember him being the best part of this movie 11 years ago. Whoa, and whoa, he's whoa, the whoa. best part of it. Now. Let's not talk bad about Michael Chickless, shirtless, Michael Chickless here. <laughs> shirtless Chickless. Shirtless Chickless. Oh God. He's, <laughs> Shirtless, no so. shirt, no chick. Because <laughs> she leaves him. It's true. Early in the movie, he's chickless. As we always say, Michael uh. Chickless, the out of shape, uh, tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> he does that Robert Mitchum body. He does. Like, he's I, like got the pants hiked up to almost his that's what man I, boobs. That's you know? what I'm, I'm aiming for. Super when hairy. Yeah. And he's just like, you want to fight about it? <laughs> Come on, I'm a rock man. Robert Mitchum says <laughs> the thing exactly. Okay, like quick alternative casting. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see, let's see. Um, Atticus Finch. Why can't I think of his name right now? Gregory Peck. Gre Gregory Peck is Mr. Fantastic. I can stretch. <laughs> Robert Mitchum is watch. The... This thing is over there. I'll get it without getting up. <laughs> Robert Mitchum is the thing. Um, Danny Kaye is uh, the Human Torch. Oh my God. Great. <laughs> and um, and uh, Tippy Hedren is Sue Tippy Hedren. Oh, okay. I was going to go with uh, Grace. Grace Kelly. Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Either, either one. Way. Yeah, either one. Directed, fine. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Quick, quick. <laughs> <laughs> quick alternate, like, early 50s <laughs> casting. Yes. Um, all right. So go to Planet Arbitrary. Go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at White Says. Like our Facebook page, as we mentioned earlier, Comic Book Logic. We post all sorts of comic booky news. Um, you can also listen to our sister podcast, Game uh, Game Classy Podcast, where we do all sorts of tabletop gaming, or Patch Retro Video Game Review Podcast, aka Play On, where they talk all about video games. Um, the best way you can help out the podcast is to like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars and say we're terrible. I don't care what you say as long as you give us the five stars. Um, so, Kevin, until next time. Ah, the four means the Fantastic Four. I'm a rock monster. Comic. Blood. Logic. <laughs>